Hello, I'm Chris and you're listening to CB Singles Club. It's the 5th of May, and this is CB Singles Club, in which we pick a single chosen from the albumoftheyear.org website, which lists all this week's releases. Before we start, we've got Nick. Hello. And we've got Will. Hello. And we've got Al. Hello. Hello. Good to see you all. Lots of new stuff out there this week. We're going to start with Nick's selection. Nick, what have you chosen this week? This week, I have chosen a new single from someone called Rachel Fannin, and she's recorded Don't Dream It's Over. There's a battle Many battles are Lovely. So that was Rachel Fannin, Don't Dream It's Over. Nick, why did you choose that one? I chose this one because we share the same surname, although Rachel spells hers wrongly, obviously. <laughs> but that's what drew me to it. And I didn't realise until I started listening, of course, that it was a cover of the Crowded House song. She's an interesting artist with quite a varied career today. She's American from California, a multi-instrumentalist who's played with various bands over the years, reading from her Spotify bio, which says that she was in Sleepy Sun from 2008 to 2011. She's also an Emmy-winning vocalist for a song that was used in a commercial in 2012, a song called Beautiful Dreamer, and that commercial had aired during the Super Bowl, and so had quite a big profile. She's currently the drummer in Pussy Riot as well. What? Wow. I know! (laughs) I, was, uh, I thought Pussy Riot were all Russians. Well, so yeah, apart from this girl. Wow. Interesting. That's detente right there. Uh, yeah. yeah. She was vocalist in a psych rocker band, Sleepy Sun, collaborated with UK trip hop act Uncle. She played with a progressive rock band called Anywhere as well. Currently singing with Canadian rock band Black Mountain and drumming for Pussy Riot. So, <laughs> all sorts of things going on with this girl. Wow. Oh, anyway, what did you think of it? My first reaction when I heard it was, I didn't like it. This is a pointless cover. But actually, it's kind of grown on me. I've listened to it four or five times now, I think. And it has grown on me. I mean, it's such a great song that I couldn't mm. dislike it for long. And actually, it's quite a nice, dreamy version of it. So I did come around. It is. It's very dreamy, isn't it? I was getting tinges of Twin Peaks through bits of it. A little bit, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And very trip-hop as well. Bits of sort of Paul Tissette going mm. on there as well. You say she's done... And bits of that, yeah, yeah. Bits of that. Will, what did you think? Well, here's the thing. Back in time, the first song that I heard being treated like this, I think, was Buzz Cox, Never Fallen In Love. And it was for um, somebody's Christmas advert. And I thought, that's quite interesting. And then the next year and throughout the year, other artists came out with songs that they slowed down and they were used for adverts and then I became less enamoured with them. It gets my goat, this kind of stuff. I just don't think it's interesting enough and I can't understand why anyone would do it. Pointless 
is how I'll end on that. I thought it sounded sufficiently different from the original to be a worthwhile exercise. Al, what do you reckon? Much the same as Will, but much more vitriolic. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> go on. I think this is utter, utter garbage. Ooh. It's a coffee table cover, as Will says. Yes, it's different from the original, but every way that it's different from the original is bad. Taking almost all the actual music out of it, change the... I mean, Neil Finn is an exceptionally good singer, right? So if you're going to, like, show off your singing chops by adjusting the melody and so on, you've got to do a wee bit better than this. You've just made it worse. When she sings Don't Dream It's Over, and in the original, it's got that descending vocal line that, you know, it really gets you in the heart, you know, and that's the whole point of it, the sort of yearning and so on, where she goes up and it's happy, and it doesn't make any sense. That's bad songwriting that's terrible <laughs> and also see when she goes they can't they can't to build a world between us that's bad and she does it every time as well it's all studio work to create interest like the eq filtered vocal singing hey now in the second chorus for example if that's what you're doing to create interest i'd suggest that your song isn't very interesting and that you just need to go back to the basics and do something that is just better than this i think it's musically illiterate i think it's absolutely awful and i'm really interested to hear that she's done other interesting things because this is it's just garbage as i say oh rubbish so I don't like it. That's gloves off, isn't it? I didn't dislike it as much as that. I liked her voice. I do take what you mean in terms of her melodic arrangement isn't as strong as the original. But I like the fact that she had changed it rather than just done a note-for-note note cover of the original, which you get too much of that. You know, you get a lot of covers that are just notes and notes. So she tried to do something different with it. I kind of liked that really sort of muddy backing track thing going on. It was very dreamlike, slightly unreal. I thought that suited her vocals very, very nicely. I think if I hadn't heard the original, I would have quite liked that. I was quite surprised when it was revealed to be the cover. So was I, yeah. I went onto YouTube and I listened to the Crowded House original, just a bit of a palate cleanser after hearing this. <laughs> you know? And I noticed there were quite a lot of similarly anemic covers not that I listened to them, I'm assuming that they were similarly anemic. Yeah, it has been quite well covered, hasn't it? Though? Yeah. What do we think about covers in... I mean, obviously a lot of your irritation, Al and Will, is because it's a cover version and a cover version that's not as good as the original. Are cover versions per se a bad thing or just in this case? For me, it's the slowing down thing, not the cover version per se. Cover versions are okay. When the jam went on stage and did the Batman theme... They didn't put it out as a single. More's the pity. More's the pity, maybe. Have it in your set, in your live set. But then to put it out on a single, it has to be pretty kind of super. And this wasn't. There's something about covers live which can be fun. And there are some of the best nights I've ever had have been in some bar with a covers band just <laughs> to <laughs> hammering out great versions of classic songs. That's always fun. Not well, it's not always fun. <laughs> Sometimes it's <can> terrible. <laughs> no, it's not always fun. <laughs> but it can be fun. Will's sort of talking about it was really trendy to do easy listening cover versions, Nouvelle Vague, and all these kind of mm. things that were going on. That first Nouvelle Vague album is great. It's a thing of joy. Yeah, but when everyone's doing it, then... Yeah, 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 yeah. I must admit, my first reaction to this was, this is just a pointless cover, and I think the thing that redeemed it was it's just a great song. Covers are allowed, absolutely. I agree with Will, again. The problem is not that it's a cover. I'd actually argue that in many ways it's a good cover because it is faithful to the original, and it's done in a different style, so... 
in that sense, it is a genuinely good cover, but it's been turned into a bad song for me. And this whole coffee table cover thing that Will is talking about and described so well, I hate it. It's just terrible. Someone doing some a horrible Pixies cover in their stupid Pixie voice in an advert or something. It just makes me want to go out in a murder spree, quite frankly. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not good enough. There's cover versions that I love. I mean, I really love. And cover versions that I think are much better than the original. I've nothing against covers per se. Just this one. Definitely this one, yeah. Ah, it's a tough crowd, isn't it? Well, I don't think Rachel Fannin's going to come out top of the pops this week, is she? Do you want to wait to hear what I've got to say about the others? <laughs> There's enough of it that I like about it, not to completely. I'm I'm not going out in a murder spree today. <laughs> no, neither am I. It's a bit tired. Yeah, I'm glad to hear. Glad to hear that. Jolly good. Well, look, let's leave Rachel Fanning there and move on to uh, Will's selection. Do you want to introduce it, Will? This is a band called The Accidentals. They're an American band formed in Traverse City, Michigan in 2012 by Sav Buist and Katie Larson. The group features an eclectic blend of indie, folk, pop, bluegrass, rock, classical and other genres. The song is called Might As Well Be Gold. Um, Let's have a listen. We get diamonds out of broken glass It's just like us All that we can hold It's pieces Might as well be gold Shining in the dust Might as well be gold so that was the accidentals might as well be gold will your choice what do you think of that one it's funny listening to the previous song and this one together makes this one almost as bad just too ponderous too slow there were some great melody lines on the vocals and some quite interesting changes to well i was about to say changes to pace not really, but changes to you know kind of what was going on in the song. Not enough going on, maybe. I still like it, and at least it's an original song. Al, are your gloves off for this one? Obviously. Um, <laughs> you thought my last rant was bad. No, I like this. I thought it was nice. It reminded me of Tanya Donnelly, Belly, who I like. You know, it had a similar feel to some of their stuff. Really good chorus in it. I think those ascending chords um, I really liked. I don't agree with Will that listening to the previous song makes it sound worse. I think it actually highlights all that's good about this song. It's nice to hear instruments played by musicians and it gives so much more of a warm sound and and a richness to the sound and a dynamism than just having these pads droning away in the background. It had some quite nice dynamic shifts, as Will said. Each verse is bigger than the one before, each chorus is bigger than the one before. It's quite subtle and I do wish it did more of that. I wish the last chorus was bigger than it is, but it does build quite nicely and I liked it. It's a good song. Nick? Yeah, I really like this. This is very much up my street. I like the vocal harmonies, like the melody lines, like the strings, like the drums in it, actually. It's kind of nice. A natural feel to all of that playing. Yeah, I thought this was pretty good. Good. I liked it the first time I heard it. I liked her voice. I liked the music behind it. And I think that's the third time I've listened to it. And by this point, I'm just a bit bored with it. It's the opposite of a grower, whatever that is. Shrinker. A shrinker. I don't know. It just didn't hold me by the third time. I was starting finding the lyrics quite irritating. You can't get diamonds out of glass. Come on. It was fine, but became less interesting with repeated listenings. You'd think a man who used to write for a living would understand what a metaphor is, wouldn't you guys? (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that's why he doesn't write for a living any longer. (laughs) 
<laughs> She's taken the, if life gives you lemons, make lemonade aphorism and just destroyed it, isn't she? We used to call it Birmingham Diamonds, the glass you'd see after cars had been, windows smashed and stolen. So you have these little cubes of glass, and so that's maybe the illusion. Wow. You think she's alluding to a night out in Birmingham? Potentially. <laughs> in Birmingham, Alabama. Alabama, Birmingham, yeah. Maybe so, maybe so. I think this was all right. If this is the first time we've been listening to it, I think I'd be a lot more upbeat about it. But it's not, so I'm not. Right, that brings us round to uh, Al's choice for the evening which I think we need to slip on our wrestling masks for this one, don't we? We do indeed. It's our second cover version of the night. This one of a James Gang song from way back in 1970, which is called Funk Number no. 49. I think this should probably be called Surf Number no. 49 if the cover is to be believed. Lost Straight Jackets. about Lost Straight Jackets. They apparently had been on the go for more than 20 years. From Nashville, Tennessee, bunch of surf rockers. I've said several times in the past when we've been talking about music that I don't really feel that I'm qualified to talk about it. This finally is something that I really am qualified to talk about. I know my surf rock extremely well. So these guys uh, have a very distinctive look. I think I might have encountered them in the past because they wear these Lucha Libre Mexican wrestling masks. They've released 15 studio albums apparently, so quite prolific. I think their sound is really quite brilliant, actually. It really does sound authentically sort of that late 50s, early 60s sound, but well-recorded. And I think an awful lot of time, modern surf bands are just a bit too clean and don't really rock the way that they should. It's supposed to be surf rock, after all. I was quite into this. As I say, it's a cover of the James Gang. The James Gang were the band that were fronted by Joe Walsh, who went on to be in the Eagles a couple of years after this. He's the only one you're allowed to like from the Eagles because he seems like a good guy, unlike the rest of the Eagles. (laughs) I hate the Eagles. Have we talked about how much I hate the Eagles? (laughs) No, I don't think we have. Yeah, we will. will. So Joe Walsh is all right. And I've heard a bit of James Gang. They're all right. I listened to the original of this this evening as well, and it's okay. This is a decent cover. It speeds it up. It takes the vocals out, replaces them with guitar melodies, and it makes it really short. And I don't think it's a great tune. This is my only sort of downer on it. The sound of the bass drum is absolutely fabulous. It's just a bass drum that hasn't been massively treated. And I just wish more music sounded like this. Old, like me. I like this. I like the idea of it. It's a thing that I've done many times in the past myself with the Mysteries 5, where we take a tune from somewhere else and turn it into a surf tune. This does a good job of what it does. Nick, what do you reckon? Yeah, I liked it. It was a classic surf tune. Like Al said, it's not the greatest tune in the world, but it was mercifully short as well, so that was fine. Yeah. But actually, it's like, you know, it's just that classic surf rock sound, fun to tap your feet along to or to dance around to. I was digging it. Sounds great, sounds authentic. Will, do you dig it? The last time we did a singles club, I saw their previous single and I left it thinking that Al would go for it. So I'd listened <laughs> to them before. Al's going to argue with me here. I don't think the two guitars are in sync with each other. I don't think they play to each other and it's a sticking point for me. I, I like what they do. Um, like, for instance, in this one, when they went to the guitar solo, it was great. 
but it just jars the way the second guitar comes in. And, you know, it's funny you should mention the Eagles. The Eagles, two guitar players, they just sync with each other. It's almost as if they're from the same womb. Do not praise the Eagles. Yeah, but the way the guitars work on the Eagles, they just sync with each other. And I don't think these guys do. But I like the song. When you said it was a cover version, I thought it was going to be a cover version of Footloose. That's what it reminded me of. (laughs) Nothing really not to like, is there? I like surf rock. I do miss a lyric, as ever. Instrumentals, um, as an entire genre, isn't something that I can get overly excited by. The odd one here and there, but I like a a, lyric in there. You're trying to to protect your job, aren't you? (laughs) I need a lyric to actually make an emotional connection with a tune. I can't just do it through the music. I need a, a story, a sentiment, an emotion, something in there which I can't just get from music. And I'm sure that's just my flaw. I think, though, the thing um, with surf rock and these really short, fast instrumentals is that there is a story, and it's the same story to everyone, and it's let's party. Let's, <laughs> well, yeah, I'll get that. I can imagine this would be great to just jump around, dance to, go and see them live. A great live music, time. yeah, no question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't sit down and listen to surf music for an extended session, I don't think, in the way it that... It can I get quite wearying, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah experience. Yeah. Yeah. But then we were having conversations the other day about other genres of music, things like the avalanches, which essentially do the same thing, but we feel differently about those, do we? Yeah, I could listen to the avalanches. I think there's a bit more of a narrative in that since I loved you album. Than in a two minute long instrumental, really? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, but I mean, than an album of surf music. But no, I liked it. Energetic, good, funny, full on. Masks. Masks. Leslie masks. Yeah, masks. I mean, I, I would say it's not a great tune, but the delivery is fantastic. And it's only two minutes long, so you can't go wrong. I'd love to see them live. Mm. Yeah. That was Lost Straight Jackets, which leaves us with my choice, which is a musician called Straight White Teeth and his latest single called The Night Washes Its Face. I can't. I can't So that was Straight White Teeth with the single The Night Washes Its Face. Chose from the album cover, which is a kind of illustration of a moonlit gas station with a big starry sky above it. I quite like the name of the song as well, The Night Washes Its Face. Anyway, Straight White Teeth seems to be mostly a solo project by a chap called Patrick Maguire, who lives in New Mexico. Kind of alt-country vibe going on there. He nods towards Elliot Smith, Nick Drake and the like. Second album this is taken from called Costilla. He had a previous album which is a bit more electronic in its vibe. And in this one he purposefully unplugged everything, settled down with his guitar and wrote a more pensive folky album which he says was born out of the pursuit for agency and connection in a world filled with increasing malice and peril. And I quite liked it. I liked the vibe. It's a little bit granddaddy, a little bit Bonnie Vare, nicely unplugged. I like his voice. I like the sense of a story. I didn't quite follow quite what was going on in that one, but <laughs> it was clearly quite a nice story there. I like that um, alt-country vibe that he's got going on there. Simple, straightforward, warm, huggy 
and Huggy. washes over you in a in a comforting way, like an old cardigan around a campfire. <laughs> what do you think, Will? I liked it. I kind of wish he'd rocked out a little bit more with his voice, a bit like how John Lennon would sing at a low level and then suddenly burst into something. But the guy's good, instrumentally very good, well-structured the song. So, yeah, no, I liked it. Yeah, I'll take your point about the um, one level of the vocals. It wouldn't hurt to up sticks at some point. This has grown on me today. I wasn't sure on first listen, but actually I do quite like this. This is up my street, this kind of an old mm. country Americana. I got the Elliot Smith. I wasn't sure about the Nick Drake, but Granddaddy certainly. Yeah, I quite like this. Uh, I might investigate a little bit more from this guy because it really is starting to interest me. Yeah, he's got a presence on Bandcamp. Which always gets Good. a thumbs up by Al. Yeah. So, on that note, Al, what do you reckon? I agree with you, but the, the album cover is fantastic. Isn't yeah, it? I love the it's album. Really, cover. really good. Yeah, 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 it's beautiful. Also, that title, Costilla, Spanish for a sharp turn, which when you describe the fact that he's abandoned all the sounds he was using before and gone to something different actually makes good sense, doesn't it? Oh. It's the name of the rural New Mexican community where he has now settled. Even better. <laughs> Very good. I like the song title, the Nightwash It's mm. Face, and, mm-hmm. and Straight White Teeth is a good... Although you wonder if he's going for the MAGA vote there. I was kind of... I did. I, I chose it. You thought about making that joke. <laughs> I did choose it, and then had to check that it wasn't some kind of neo-fascist with the word straight <laughs> and white in his, <laughs> in his band name. I too am hearing the Elliot Smith. I think it sounds a lot like Elliot Smith, mm-hmm. and not in a bad way. I agree with Will, but I, I wouldn't criticise the vocal performance. For me, this just needs some drums to come in at some point. The Darling Let's Wait repeat bit when that's over for the first time if some drums come in there this song will be much better yeah. it's a really good song but it just doesn't go anywhere unfortunately and there's nothing I dislike in it I just think that it's the opposite of the previous tune where you know great delivery of maybe not a great tune that this is I think quite a poor delivery of what is a genuinely good tune I think it's a bit of a missed opportunity I would be interested to hear more it reminded me lots of that Forever Forever Bonnie Vera album which is similarly vocal and plucky guitar driven but does have moments where drums come into it and when when those drums come in it does lift it to another level and you're absolutely right if it had something more coming to it it would take it into something beautiful so that's our choices this brings us swiftly round to taylor <laughs> swift corner and this week in the absence of taylor yet again failing to deliver a single oh, for us. back to his taylor we've gone for billy eilish is that how you pronounce the name eyelashes billy eyelashes billy eilish eilish you know you know who i mean who has a new single out it's called your power we'll have a listen to it and then we will chat the chat try not to abuse your power I know we didn't choose to change You might not want to lose your power But heaven is so strange She said Billy Eilish, your power? I quite liked that. I sense not all of you did the Ow. I thought it was alright actually. Ah. Here's a comparison I would never have expected to make. Ooh. That particularly the beginning and the end, that acoustic guitar bit, that sounded like the smashing pumpkins. <laughs> 
Sorry, I reckon Billie Eilish probably likes the Smashing Pumpkins. Billie Eilish, Billy Corgan, got the same yeah. name. I think that's the kind of musical route she comes from. I think that intro part's really, really lovely. The layered acoustic guitars and all. And it's really nice to hear some actual guitar and some mainstream pop. Maybe the guitar's not dead after all. Yeah, this is actually quite good, isn't it? It's very slick. I'm always moaning about the cliches of modern pop music. I'm going to do it again here, but there's all these like real sub-bass noises happening in it that I think actually quite detract from what's going on and actually drown out a little bit some of the subtleties and the nice stuff that's going on in the song. But aside from that, I'm not a fan of her singing particularly. She does trade in this sort of mawkish ballad quite a lot and I find this sort of breathy vocal. I've said this about, I mean, Lana Del Rey, if you recall, we were talking about making, I made the same complaint about this breathy vocal style. I, I don't really like it, but yeah, I still see talented women. Her and her brother do some good work. They're quite independent, do what they want, how they want to. I've got to respect that. That ending though, Jesus, it's not that hard to write an ending to a song, right? <laughs> I watched a video, I can't remember, it was like Pitchfork or something like that had done some video about, basically the argument the woman was making in the video was that fade outs are better than endings in songs. And I was saying, yeah, I don't think so. And she proceeded to put forth her case Part of the argument she was making that when people listen to songs and they hear the same song with a fade out and one with the ending, they tend to listen to the fade out closer to the end than they do to the end of the one that has the ending. But that doesn't mean to say they're listening to more of it, of course, because obviously the fade out is shorter. And I feel that this sort of research is a kind of focus grouped thing that has led to so much pop music just stopping like that because they don't think that people listen to the end of it. And... It's just lazy in my book. So this is a bit like the idea where you have to front load everything so the first 15 seconds has to have the catchy chorus in it to get people hooked. Which this song doesn't do. That's interesting. But there's no benefit of chopping it, is it? There's no extra cost. Is there for that last 10 seconds of fade? Basically what it came down to in this video is that the the woman's argument was not that fade-outs are better than endings per se. It was that fade-outs are better than bad endings. And I absolutely agree with her about that. But Mm. it's not hard to come up with an ending for a song. They've written a song here that good songwriting why can't you just put an ending on it do you not think they've chosen to stop it abruptly like that as well yes they have but i don't see why you would think that that's a good thing it's an artistic choice here i don't understand it it's not improving anything it's not clever it's not like it hasn't been done thousands upon thousands of times Mm. so i don't get it Anyway, moving back from the ending, Nick, what did you think of the rest of the song? I, I liked it. We are fans of Billie Eilish in our house. She is popular amongst the younger elements in this family. This wouldn't be my favourite thing that she's done. I think partly she's got an extra sort of breathy vocal on this and it was starting to stretch it for me a little bit. But generally, I quite like this. I, quite, I really like the fact that she just does what she wants. She and her brother are very, very talented Agreed. I think she's a force for good. Yeah, absolutely. All power to her. I liked it. I thought it was good. Yes, it was over-polished, but not necessarily to its detriment. It was just a very well-made slice of pop. The video is quite impressive as well. Well, the video obviously ties in with the whole theme of the song, doesn't it? It's quite yes. grown-up pop music yes. as well, Yes. Um, which I think yes. a lot of people maybe wouldn't expect from her. It was quite strong, wasn't it? This is the first single off the new album. She's grown up a bit since, I mean, well, she's 19 now, so... Whoa, <laughs> getting on. She's yeah. still only 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goodness me. Will, where do you stand on the Eilish? It's a product placement song. What, for snakes? Very well done. I quite like the sub-bass stuff that Al was talking yeah. about. I hate that. But it kind of fills out a little bit of what would be empty for me. What product is it placing? I think it could probably sell toilet cleaner if it needed to. Did you listen to the lyrics, Will? 
You can't use that in an advert. Yeah, you could. It's a piece of music. It's not a song. I disagree. Grabs me. I think there's a bit more power to it than that. That yeah. how dare you line just cuts to the quick. I thought the video was a bit heavy-handed, though, and the snake didn't look very realistic. Either. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. If I'm going to be harsh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Campaign for real snakes. <laughs> Right, chap. Shall we wrap up this little singles club for tonight? We need to wrap it up by our uh, pick of the week, I suppose, don't we? Let's start with how you appear on my screen. We go to Nick. I'm gonna go for the night washes its face. Al, how about you? I'm gonna go with Lost Straight Jackets, Surf Number Forty Nine. I do like, obviously, not the Don't Dream It's Over cover. The other three songs, I do like them, but I do think they're a bit too flawed. And also, if I didn't pick the surf tune, I wouldn't be being true to myself, right? So, Lost Straight Jackets for me. Will, what you got? I'll go with Nick on the night washes its face. Yep, and I'm making it three for straight white teeth with the night washes its face. Well done, straight white teeth. I thought overall it was quite a strong week this week. Yeah, it was yeah. right. It was interesting. Again, picked blind. It's no credit to us, but uh, <laughs> what we picked turned out to be all quite genuinely consistently good. A good week for singles and a good week for singles club. Right, so that's us for this week. There'll be an album club along sooner or later. You can catch up on all our previous episodes on Spotify, on Apple Music, and on every other podcaster-type software. We also put our playlist for the week on Spotify and on YouTube. Um, Just search for CB Music Club or CB Singles Club, and you'll find them all there. So, from me, that's goodnight. And from everyone else... Good night. Good night. Good night. See you next time.